Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force podcast. I know, again, you've been missing us, and here we are. Ash Wednesday as we release this episode. This is a big one. This is a big Lent that we're all gearing up for right now for many reasons. Obviously, worldwide events and this amazing book that Father has out, The Peace Through Strength, 90-Day Prayer Journal. This is a phenomenal thing, and it's a phenomenal time to actually be involved in all this. But we're glad you're with us all. Father, of course, everything begins with prayer. And then all this great guest we've got. Everybody's wondering, who is she? Why is she here? She's really cool. We can tell that already. <laughs> yes. So, uh, let, let, we'll get started with prayer. Father, I leave that to all you right. always. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're excited to have Carrie on. Carrie, uh, now we have uh, history, Carrie. You've, you've uh, edited our original book that kind of started our history, which was Let Freedom Ring. I don't know if you guys can see it, but it's right there. But uh, it was... Uh, Something that Father Bill Peckman ever received by the Holy Spirit. I know I I believe in this stuff, but he got off a retreat and he called me and said, "I got you know, I felt like I received something." And all of a sudden, it was like five days later we were doing this with all the prayer warriors online, and then later we 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 decided I think this is a book, and so um, then I, I Carrie I I think I put something on the internet and you responded or something like that. Yes, you yeah. put something on Facebook and yeah. you basically just asked for someone to make the book look pretty <laughs> <laughs> and, I and, uh, and cool and make it look cool. Cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool and pretty. Yeah. And so I responded and yeah. it ended up, you know, evolving into me well, editing the entire book. <laughs> I don't know if Carrie's looking for extra work, but I highly recommend her. I mean, she's very, very good. And your background is you're a history teacher, right? Biology. Oh, biology. I'm sorry. Biology yes. teacher. So I used to teach high school biology, and I have yeah. my master's degree in school counseling, but never right. actually worked as a school counselor. Um, so I have an education, but just not one in editing. And for whatever reason, God yeah. kind of placed me on this path and... Um, you well, know, you're, you, you're, you're very, very good at it. And it's well, just, it's a, you, it's a knack. That, God, that's yeah. Sure. And so, and you helped uh, Father Peckman, Father Altman and myself, uh, not only with our little grammar stuff and everything that was going on in the, punct the punctuations and, but anyways, uh, you, you've got a real knack of, of how to express things. And uh, you really helped us with that too, a, a, a better way to, uh, express ourselves and it, i don't know I, I just i highly recommend her everybody and uh but thank you thank you thank you carrie for coming on tonight because today is ash wednesday and this is day one of 90 days to peace and you were the editor and uh we've we've had so many amazing conversations about what we're doing right now and i thought you know, there's a lot we're going to talk about tonight it, this is going to be great but uh but one of the things i'd like to talk about carrie is um just what specifically we're asking people to do because we kind of kept that a little bit of a you know wait and see wait and see you know but uh what specifically because here we are day one what specifically are we asking people to do and i think that begins 
by just stating, like we have been, that this is all based on, um, for, first of all, our history of our Catholic Church and the beautiful treasure chest that we have of a, a Catholic Church, but also that um, all of our saints, and I like to even say our great-grandparents, they all prayed this way, and it was just automatic. And we kind of uh, drifted away in, in a lot of ways from this. But also, Father Ripperger's uh, Libra Cristo, uh, which is, uh, it's like teams of people who, uh, who go out into the, the field, and uh, like a field hospital, but they help people who are feeling tormented by the devil and, and feel like they, they need something. And they found, they, and this is, it's, it's pretty recent. It's only five or seven years old, this discovery. But if we can get discipline in what our great-grandparents did and the saints did, and, and I, I think especially mental prayer, um, that there, there's a peace that comes. And there's a sense that we're close into God. And, it, and what they found is that's a place where the devil was tr tries to get into, but uh, but doesn't have a lot of uh, uh, isn't able to do it. Uh, so we find that peace of just being in, in God's caressing arms and our blessed mother's caressing arms. I mean, I I think that that is something that is not really talked about all that much when you talk about mental prayer. Right. Um, I'm an adult convert to Catholicism, so I didn't have the typical you know cradle Catholic upbringing, but I can tell you that as an adult convert, you know, no one really teaches you how to pray. And maybe that's where we should kind of start right. this. How do you even do mental prayer? Because um, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of Catholics who grew up, you know, in the Catholic church, they, you know, learn about the mass by going to mass and in right. their you know, catechism classes, they learn the catechesis and kind of the faith, but unless your parents or someone has sat down and taught you or demonstrated to you, this is how you pray mentally. I feel like it's something that a lot of people might not even know how to do. I know, right. um, you I know, in a personal background, which is what I come from, you learn to talk to God as a friend, you know, it's like you learn to pray as, as if you're talking to a friend, but, um, I know for me, when you first came to me, I'm like, I don't even know that I really understand what mental prayer is and what the process is. Like, I've never been instructed on that before. So right. maybe that's a good thing to kind of start with is, you know, what is mental prayer? How do you do it? And how does the journal walk you through that? Yeah, let me let me chime in real quick with, with that because it seemed like it was directed to me. Um Mental prayer is not meant to be something that we need a PhD in order to, to accomplish. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be ava available, accessible to even a seven-year-old child. Uh, but, but to understand what mental prayer is, I've often used that scene of Martha and Mary, where I think that we do well with our religion, and we're out in the kitchen, and we're doing noble things, and, but, and, and, and Jesus is pretty close. He's over there in the living room. But mental prayer is more like Mary, where we where we take time and we just stop. We we just we, we and that's a discipline too. I mean, how hard is that today with people on their treadmills, you know, and they're multitasking mm -hmm. to 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 decide. Uh, one of the disciplines I need to do is I need to go off and be by myself with God. And I I don't know how it works in a lot of families. I don't have a family, but I envision you know. Uh, just like you might say to your spouse, hey, I'm going to go get something at the grocery store or something, watch the kids. 
you know, I'm going to go up in the corner of the bedroom uh, for 15 minutes, watch the kids, uh, and and just take time to be quiet with the Lord. And so mental prayer is that. And, and I, I contend that it's something that has been missing in a lot of people's lives. I think, like I said, I think we're good, pretty good with, you know, the, the vocal prayers, you know, we rosary for a lot of people and maybe some do the Angelus, but, um, but taking that time to just get intimate with the Lord, I think has been missing. And that's really the big part of what we're focusing on. But at the same time, we're also focusing on those uh, traditional baseline protocol spiritual practices that should just get into our bones and should be just something that we all pray every day. Again, like our grand great grandparents did and like all the saints did. And what, what are we doing there though? Because God revealed that through the saints, through the blessed mother, that this is how I want you to pray. And, and so uh, it's a, it's an act of love to, to agree with God and say, okay, you've revealed this. And so I'm not going to make my own stuff up and, and just ignore what you revealed, uh, but I'm going to do it your way. And that, that brings us more connected too, because we're, we're aligning ourselves with God. We're loyal to God. You know, we're, we're true to what he wants us to do uh, instead of, like I say, making up our own religion along the way. I hope that makes sense to everybody, but that's basically what we're doing for 90 days. Um, is And so please, um, people ask me how much time is, is a pretty common question. 15 minutes. Uh, I recommend at least 15 minutes for the mental prayer part of it. Um, but you can go longer if you want. But uh, sometimes when when people are starting a way, uh, physical training, you know, you don't want to go run 30 miles on the first day, you know, but, uh, but, but take 15 minutes for sure to just stop. And it, you know, it takes a while for us to, to simmer down too from the treadmill that we're on as well. So, so 15 minutes of just being at the feet of our Lord, like Mary of Martha and Mary were, and just, uh, just adore him and listen to him, speak to him. Uh, but just have that quiet time with him. Okay. So I have a question for you that some of the listeners sure. may have. So have you shown the inside of this yet? Uh, yes, but um, not, okay. not extensively. No. And I was hoping we could do that tonight. Okay. Yep. So um, one of the things that I love about how you've laid this out is that you have the, so this is just what one day looks like. That's a day. Yep. Um, so you start with the preparatory prayer. So that helps right. you get in the right. And that's ancient in and of itself, that, that right. prayer. So the right, you know, frame of mind to pray. And then it says, what do you want to tell God today? And it says, I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. So I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. Like, yep. what do you want to tell God about? Right. But then the next part says, what are you hearing from God today? And then it says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Yep. Here's the thing where I feel like people may struggle, because, and maybe I just think that because it's a struggle for me. <laughs> like my prayer life, and maybe some of you can relate, a lot of my prayer life has been telling God what I want, thanking him, yep. you know, talking to him. But I've known for quite some time that I need to work on the listening part. Right. Um, where I struggle, though, is that I have heard before, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that when you're praying or meditating, like how the saints teach you to meditate, that you're not supposed to empty your mind because that's like 
you know, Middle Eastern meditation and can right, be dangerous right. because when you empty your mind, you're allowing the space for potentially something evil to come in. So what do you do in that time where you are supposed to be listening? Are you supposed to think about, you know, picture Jesus's face or are you thinking about a Bible verse or what do you recommend that you put your focus on during that time that you're supposed to be listening? Okay. Great question. And, um, yes, what you're talking about there is, um, some Eastern forms of meditation. Uh, but however, we are supposed to quiet ourselves and to try to uh, get rid of the busyness. You know, I was talking about the multitasking, all the thoughts about, okay, I got to pick up this at the grocery store next. So in that sense, yes, you are to empty your mind of, of that so that you can give yourself completely to God. And so, and, and I've actually found that um, the, the scriptural passage that, that we have there, speak Lord, your servant is listening. I think that's anointed because it, I've done it many times where I've said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And all of a sudden, wham, all these thoughts that feel to me like I'm receiving them from God. And, and I, I half joke sometimes, wait, wait, let me get a pen. Let me get a pen, you know, because I got to write this down because I don't have a journal in front of me. Right. So there's many times. But now where, you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so. Um, so there's many times where, where you can just say so, something scriptural. Uh, we also recommend in there that, that people might want to get the wheels turning through using Lexio Divina, you know, and, and I, th that's the other thing too. When I pray the office, my breviary every day, I get to the Psalms and I think they're anointed too, because I'm halfway through the Psalms and I have to like mark my place to the Psalms because I got to go over and get a piece of paper and a pen because things are just coming uh, during that time. And I think it's God. I do believe it's God speaking to me. So there's an anointing in sacred scripture uh, that, that can get that going. And Lexio Divina uh, helps with that. We're also going to be doing during the 90 days. Um, we're, we're going to be emailing people just a small little reflection. And um, the, the, the first 40 days are actually going to come from let freedom ring. Okay. And I'm taking a quote out, you know, whatever day which priest is doing it. And I'm taking a quote out and just to get the wheels going, you know, that's it. You don't want to empty your mind of anointed things like sacred scripture, right? But you do want to say, you know, okay, I got to go get gas up my car after I'm done here. You know, all that stuff has to, you have to try to get rid of that. So it's just you and God during that time. But sacred scripture really helps you with that. And also, and, and of course, what we wrote is all based on sacred scripture and catechism of the Catholic Church. And so I, I, I add that quote, but then underneath I said, if you want to read more, then you'd get the full quote, uh, the full reflection from that day uh, of the 40 days to uh, tactical training for freedom from the devil, if I'm not mistaken, is the uh, subtitle. But, but yes, so no, don't empty your mind of holy things, but yes, empty your, empty your mind of the busyness and and the stuff of the world. Make sense? Do you have any tips for people as far as distinguishing between their own thoughts and God's voice? Because I feel like people who aren't used to right. sitting still, you know, and trying to listen for God's voice, I can see some people potentially getting frustrated and being like, I don't hear anything, or I'm just hearing yeah. my own thoughts. 
you know, is there a way, anything, any tips you could give people to help them distinguish? Yeah. yeah so first of all, unless you're some future saint, you're not going to hear, Father Rick, listen to me, you know, an audible voice, right? <laughs> you, you don't hear that. But there is this sense, and we have a spiritual sense that's it's it's in our bones, it's in our soul, um, that what we're receiving right now uh, is of God, okay? And it, it could be through even the Blessed Mother. It could even be through my uh, Holy Mother, my my physical mom that um, that's in heaven right now. Uh, but there's this just, just this sense that what you're receiving right now uh, is anointed, is holy. And so in all likelihood, it's from God. I don't know if I'm ever 100% sure. Uh, like when we said Father Peckham went on a retreat and got the idea for the book. Even then we said, that really looks like that very could, very possibly could be from the Holy Spirit, right? But we didn't say, oh, that's the Holy Spirit, you know, and there's no question about it. Um, there's a little bit of doubt that lingers there, but um, but there, there, there's a strong sense that, no, God's trying to teach me something here. God's trying to show me something here. God's trying to reveal something to me here. And uh, and, and we can't get there. And, and for some people, if they haven't done that before, they, that, that may come quickly, that, that God sense that they have. Uh, but for others, you know, um, they may have strong doubts and, and, and it has to develop as they, as they pray where they have more certainty that what they're, what they're receiving uh, is, is uh, holy and divine and, and from God. Carrie, thanks for being on the program. You know, you're, you're a perfect example of what we, Father and I talk a lot about with the U.S. Grace Forces. It's made up of thousands of people. I think, what, 76, 77,000, Father, is where yeah, you are? Yeah, we're, we're pushing up against 77,000, yeah. Yeah, and, and we just, you know, we get a lot of comments. We get a lot of encouragement from people. Um, but someone like you contributes in such a way, um, you're kind of a behind-the-scenes individual. So people get to see now a face and a name, put it together to these last two books that have come out. And anybody who has seen, um, you know, Let Freedom Ring, what an amazing book and the, the, um, the recognition that it's had, how it's helped so many people. And you may, played a major part in that. So thank you for all of that. And now this book as well, you know, and, and I, you know, we always, we always tell people they want to help support us. They can do it through things like their prayers, their comments, spread the word, share the, the podcast, you know, Patreon, you know, for example, someone wants to click the link in the description, they can join us and support us through Patreon. Um, all those things are such a huge help, but this is another example of that. So I want to thank you very much because it's just been amazing to hear so many great comments from people, you know, talking about mental prayer. This is something I think you can relate to Carrie being a mother and a wife um, and myself, my, me and my wife married 32 years and having, you know, you know, at least 18, 17, 18, 23 children. I forget how many I have now. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm combining grandchildren now. It's a, it's, it's a hodgepodge now, but no, but seriously is anybody who's been in a relationship, especially a marriage relationship knows when you sit still for just just several minutes a day, even and think about your spouse, you know, I, I kind of equate that to the idea of of meditative prayer in some ways, at least. Is my wife likes to know that I'm thinking about her throughout the day, not just a few minutes here and a few minutes there, but 
She likes to know that she's on the front of my mind, not on the back of my mind, but on the front of my mind throughout my day. And she is. I never forget that there's a woman on the other end of this ring. And I've been married to her for 32 years, coming up soon here. And um, I'll tell you all when that anniversary is and, and what particular gifts we like. But I'll get into that some other time. But seriously, uh, everyone, you know, the idea of mental prayer, I think about it this way, you know, that, you know, I spend a lot of my day thinking about my wife in one way, shape or form, my relationship with her, what we're doing together, what I'd like to do to show her how much I love her, the things that are important to her. I want to learn more about her. Even after 30 plus years of marriage, I want to learn more about her. I want to know what really makes her tick, uh, different chapters of life. And I kind of equate that somewhat to mental prayer in that just having time to think about God, wondering what, what, is, what is he really about? What does the scripture mean? What does this story, this parable here mean? You know, you know, meditating on the mysteries of the rosary and really thinking about this school of the holy family. And I don't know, Father, if you think that really kind of adds to or makes sense in, in, in light of what you said, but just, I think about my wife, I think about my children, my grandchildren every day of my life. And of every, every human being on this planet, my wife is the one I think about the most. And it's wanting to know again, what does she think about this? And I want to learn more about her here. And, and after 30 plus years of marriage, almost 32 years, there's still things that I learn about her. You know, and I just, I see that a lot as, as, I, as I pray and I think about scripture passages and I think about the mysteries of the rosary, for example, I'm always picking up something different. You know, Archbishop Fulton Sheen said, for example, meditating on the passion of Christ is like looking at a beautiful painting of the passion. And every single time you look at it, you discover one new brush stroke that was placed there so perfectly mm -hmm. that you didn't see maybe the day before. But if you don't take the time, like you said, Father, to get off the treadmill and put things aside, you don't have that opportunity. And if I put things aside, like sporting events or hobbies or hunting, fishing, weightlifting, whatever your, your, your thing is, put it aside so you can spend time thinking about your spouse, your loved ones. That to me seems to be kind of a similar relation um, to what, what we're talking about mental prayer. Um, Father, what do you think about that little uh, synopsis or summarization there? Well, I just kept thinking back to our last podcast where you were sh sharing about your love for your wife and you know, I've been around you too, so it's, it's apparent, but, um, and how that is, well, what, what we're trying to do is talk about what love is all about. And it's mm -hmm. just this, uh, almost a desperate need to, um, want to please the other one, to want to make them happy, uh, to, to do all that you can to express that love for them. And that's why too, I love that image of Martha and Mary where Martha's, you know, oh, yeah, we got a guest, you know, and it just, you, I always say, but look at my tone. It's, it's mm. just, yeah, it's, you know, there's another guest like any other. Yeah. And Mary is just like, oh my goodness, a second person. So there's this, this desire to, to want to draw near to him, to want to um, believe that his words matter. And so she's hanging on his every word. She's staring into his face. Mm. She's in awe. And you did a beautiful job, I know, just now too. But uh, but to draw out that that's so much like the the love that a, the spouse shares with each other, and uh, it, and God wants that kind of relationship with yeah. us. Yeah, I, I I think about this. You know, when, when I was when I was um, uh, you know talking to my when my son got married and when my daughter got married, 
you know, both those two weddings and, and now I have another son who is, is now engaged. Um, one of the things, you know, I would have my own little marriage prep sort of, you know, talks with them, my wife and I, and I would talk to them about this term that when you get married, there's this, this desire, a good marriage, I believe a desire to breathe the other person into your life, to breathe mm. them in to where it, it you know, and I, in almost literally when you're holding them, you can just, you know, you're breathing them mm -hmm. in and you, you get to know that, that sense that, that sort of, I'm not talking about the smell of their shampoo or their perfume. I'm talking okay. about them. There's something about them. I can hold my wife's hand and I can hold it to my face and I can just breathe. And I know that hand it's so personal. It's so there's been years of this, you know, and I, you know, father, that that's kind of what I get. And I, and, you know, Carrie, I think, you know, some of you know, well, you've already brought to the book by, by editing it um, and bringing that, that, that everyday most powerful mother wife um, situation into this book, helping, helping people understand you've helped arrange and lay this out. Um, I think it's, it's just fantastic. And, and I oh, know and Carrie, the wording is, Carrie did a lot with the wording mm. of this and, and drew out, um, what we're talking about right now. So, yeah. Yeah. But Carrie, I'm just curious your, your take on what I just said. I mean, you've been married for how many years have you been married? You have um, three children, right? Uh, almost 14. It'll be 14 this year. Okay. So I would say people married longer than a week have a good idea what I'm talking about when it comes to yeah. this stuff. I mean, <laughs> emotions come and go and chapters of life and then babies come into the world and, and you, you, you're living that. So what did you yeah. think about that, that little, that little synopsis idea of, of just breathing in your spouse and your loved ones and, and just the thought that they're in your mind. And well, I thought it was beautiful. I was like, Oh, Doug, it's like your <laughs> wife is so lucky to have you. Just kind of like ooing and awing over you talking about her like that is so sweet. But, um, I think that that is a perfect description of you know, what we're trying to do with this journal. I think it relates very well to the Mary Martha story. And mm. I know father always gives Martha a hard time whenever I hear him bring up this example, but <laughs> I relate to Martha a lot. So, um, I am someone who, you know, I was actually rereading that story today. And I, as I was reading it, I was thinking, you know, maybe it's because I relate to her so much, but I feel like, you know, some people kind of put her on this, you know, oh, she doesn't care that Jesus is there and she's more worried about all these other things. But, um, you know, the scripture doesn't really tell us where her heart is. And I think that like she, you know, welcomed Jesus and his followers into her home because of her love for him. And so I think that, um, you know, she did very much love him, but her worries and anxiety were in the way of her getting close to mm -hmm. Jesus. And I think that, um, you know, Mary is just the perfect example of really, like Doug was saying, being right there at the feet of Jesus and, you know, breathing him in, breathing it all him in. in. Yeah. and in that, um, in that story of the Bible, Jesus tells us that that is the one thing we need is to spend time with him and listen to his word and that that's basically he's telling us that that's the best the one thing necessary it's called the unum necessarium yeah. I, I i actually want to make a t-shirt unum necessarium yeah but but the point i was trying to make with martha is not she's bad or anything because practicing catholics aren't bad and and yeah. you know and people can say well look at the rest of the world at least i'm practicing catholic 
So they're not bad. It's just that um, they're comfortable with keeping a, a, a distance short as it is. Uh, and I like to say to keep Jesus at arm's length so that we can manage him instead of he, we letting him manage us. And, 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 of it too and, and, and what she's doing is very noble. And, and, yeah. and so what we're doing when we're doing religion is very noble and it's laudable. Okay. It's all that. Uh, so it's not bad at all. But to me, what, what, what gave access to uh, the, this, uh, this diabolical into our culture is that I think we are replete with people who are doing noble and laudable things. And, you know, it's not all that bad because look at us compared to the rest of the world. And there's, there's a, but how many of us were saying, wait a minute, it's the son of God. It's the second person of the Holy Trinity. I need to get close to him. I need to let that matter in my life. That's what that story is all about. Father, you know, can I? That, 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 that Mary says, I need to stop. Yeah. And I need to, uh, to, to, to get as close as I can possibly get to him. And again, I think that's what's missing in uh, our church and our world today. Go ahead, Doug. Yeah, I just want to bring this in because, I mean, the title of the program, uh, this episode, you know, Weakness Invites the Diabolical Time to Get Strong. And I think, you know, for people to kind of make the connection, what we're trying to say here is that everything we're talking about here is the root of really getting strong. Right. Um, we've got a large army. This is one of my favorite quotes. When we had, um, <laughs> what are you trying to show us there, Father? What is that? Is that Get strong, is that baby. A, is that a shirt that we offer on our U.S. <laughs> Grace Force gear right. page? <laughs> you mean the average person can just go out? Anybody I know. watching or listening? Look at that, go baby. <laughs> yeah, go out to our U.S. Grace Force gear page, everybody. Get yourself a Get Strong t-shirt and many other great designs that are out there. Check the description in the link below. I'm not joking. We also have baby onesies, which is kind of fun, too. Um, we're very family-oriented in this outfit. But, you know, you and I, we had uh, Dan Schneider on a couple weeks back, and he works with Libra Cristo. And he made a statement, because he's ex-military. He was an attack helicopter pilot back in the Gulf War. Flew um, Cobra hel attack helicopters and Huey helicopters. And he talked about the training, the discipline of, of, a, of an army. And he, the quote that he brings out that's so powerful is, is big armies don't win wars or battles. Good armies do. And good armies ultimately, you know, that, that's the quote. Big armies don't win wars, battles. Good armies do. And if you take that and break that down, it's what we're talking about here. Martha, yeah, she's doing her thing. You know, and, and she, she's she's fine. And I agree with you, Carrie. She was, I mean, you know, when you're a good host or hostess and invite people into your home and you take care of them, that is a noble thing, just like you and Father have both said. Um, but then and, there's that. And he, says, and he says, you're anxious and upset about many things. Well, wait a minute. She's in the same house, the son of God. She's, yeah. she's uh, doing hospitality. And, you know, why this anxiety and being upset entering his life I, I say i think that's the point of the story there is that and then he goes mary has chosen the one thing necessary he was literally con comparing and contrasting what's going on in that moment to 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 let her know here martha this is why you're anxious and upset mm. you know get close to me like mary did do the unum necessarium you know well and even and, though and it's noble and and laudable things that you're doing and take that example real quick 
And compared to what we see going on in the world right now, and everybody sees it, we know, we watch the news. In fact, before we get on uh, to start this recording this, there's a, there's a report that the Belarus president is warning that this, this um, situation with Russia and the Ukraine could devolve into a third world war. We know that Putin has talked about nuclear. That's come up. Um, you know, Zelensky, President Zelensky of the Ukraine is saying he wants immediate entrance into the European Union for the help and support and strength that that will bring. All of this unfolding. Everybody's got their, their opinion on what this means and who's really bad and who's this and who's that. Regardless of all of that, these issues very easily make us anxious and upset. And we can be taking the steps that we feel we should, which, you know, sure, take the natural steps to try to preserve and protect and so forth. And, and I'm a big fan of natural preparation and this and that for crisis and, and disasters and so forth. You know, in fact, we are battle ready coalition time. We, we are airing this episode. We've just opened up for our two weeks of new membership. So going out to brcoalition.com and join the ranks, become a member of BR coalition. But my point is Martha. Yeah. She's showing some anxiety. Mary is taking to the next level. And if you compare this even to the whole military concept, how do you get a good army that can win battles, not just a big army? That good army has to be focused, disciplined, and well-trained. And the best discipline, focusing, and, well, and, and type of training we can do comes from breathing in God, being at the foot of Christ, deep prayer. That's the root of any good army. You want a good army, well-trained? You know, Father, when you and I were talking earlier uh, today about this, you know, we talked about the, the siege of Malta in 1565 and how approximately 50,000 Muslim Turks attacked Malta. They wanted to take Malta, make it a staging ground to go into Europe and destroy Christianity. This is 1565. The, the island was held by approximately 9,000 or so militia made up of Spanish and Maltese people. But the real linchpin that held the island were 800, approximately 800 knights of Malta. These are warrior monks, so well-trained, they say that one monk to three enemy was, was, was acceptable. Only when it became more than three enemy did they have to call for any kind of help. They were that disciplined, that well-trained. They were a good army. And these 800 knights, about half of them died by the end of the five or six months, but they held the island against approximately 50,000 Muslim Turks. It's a great example of, of men who dedicated their life to God. They consecrated their life to God and they trained for battle. That was their call and their role in life. I think what we're talking about here is, you know, if we want to really fend off the diabolical, we have to get strong. If we want to help be instruments of bringing peace into the world, we're potentially on the verge of World War III, let alone the fact that, you know, at the time we're recording this, Father, uh, you know, the Congress, the, they're back in, and what do they do? The first thing is they take up a radical bill to try to codify Roe v. Wade and make it federal law. I know. They're not worried about the border. They're not worried about Talk what's about going on. They're not worried about human trafficking. They're worried about, about solidifying abortion as a federal law. Okay, this, look, we've got to get strong and we've got to do it because we're weak and we're inviting the diabolical into our lives, into our world. And this is why I think this book that you, Father, and with the help of Carrie have put together is so phenomenally important. If I could ask Carrie this question, you've been, I think you've been following this, I think, since you've been working on this already. You kind of got the jump on it, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Well, I've started trying to implement some of the things, but I haven't actually written in it yet because I've been waiting. <laughs> okay, so you're waiting start. to go with everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> That's how, cool, Carrie. How, 
it's kind of like a family, isn't it? We're going to do this yeah. together. Yeah. 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 And we got over eight, over 8,000 or so books at the time we record this that have been sold. Right, Father? Yeah. 8,000. Yeah. That's a lot. Of, that's now, a lot. And that's a family of 8,000 that, that's doing it together. I, yeah. I have jokingly tell people when I give them one or, you know, I say, now, now, wait, wait, you got to wait till because we want to do this together, you know. So, Carrie, how do you see this as as helping you get strong? I mean, taking this from, let's say, the, the foot soldier, good Army, Navy, foot soldiers, Air Force, we need you all, no question. But we're talking about this is the type of book that can take you to the level of, of Navy SEAL, of Green Beret, of Delta Force, a special operations type of, of level. How do you see that spiritual growth now that you've been kind of entrenched in this for the length of time that you have helping to bring this to the point that it's at? Well, I mean, I think getting close to Jesus, you know, to pull back to Mary and Martha, like Mary was doing, I think that that is the baseline of everything. Mm. I mean, you know, Martha, like we said, is worried about checking all these boxes, but Mary's there at his feet, you know, soaking in every word. And so I think that the way that the journal helps you um, to just soak in Jesus and, you know, picture in mental prayer and spend that time with him. I think, you know, one of the things that I was going to say when you were talking about your wife and your marriage and all that is, mm -hmm you know, any relationship takes work, mm -hmm. right? Like it's not just, Effort. you know, well, we're married and so things are great. It's not like, you know, God puts you on this earth. So you automatically have this amazing relationship with him. Like you have to put effort into it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that setting aside that time in quiet and, you know, solitude with God is such a great, a great thing to just make your relationship better. And when you do have kids, like that's really hard. <laughs> you have to be really intentional about yeah. creating that space to kind of step away. For me, I've realized that that time happens before everybody else gets up. So I have to set my alarm, you know, before the kids get up, whether it's by 15 minutes or 30 minutes and try and get that time in before the craziness of the day starts. Because if I don't do that, it doesn't happen. <laughs> so right, right. Um, I think, just being intentional about that. I feel like a lot of people have bought into the lie that peace is conditional. Like, well, I'll have peace once all my kids are over 18 or I'll have peace right. once, you know, World War III is not on the brink of the horizon or I'll have peace once everybody stops wearing masks or whatever it is. Like people have bought the lie that it's conditional and that it can't be experienced during times of adversity. And that's the exact opposite of what Christ taught us. You know, he right. told us that we will always have trouble in the world and that we can have peace in him. And so I think, you know, it's kind of a, a mindset change and that peace is not a destination. You know, it's a, mm. a manner of kind of traveling through life. And um, I came across a quote from Pope St. John Paul II that says, peace is not just the absence of war. Like a cathedral, peace must be constructed patiently and with unshakable faith. Oh, and I wow. thought that that was so great because, you know, you don't just get peace without working for it. It's, it's a project and you have to construct it through the types of things that, you know, Father Heilman has laid out in the journal and that have worked, yeah. you know, worked for people for centuries. Well, so, quick, 
quick question for you, Carrie. How many times when your children have, were babies, did you hold them in your arms, whether you're feeding them or you're just rocking them to sleep and you're just looking at them and you're just melting as you're looking at them? I mean, yeah. it, my, I mean, my wife, I see my wife do this with our grandchildren now, but we, you know, and I've, I've done it too. You just look at them and you're just taken by this moment mm -hmm. of another individual that this relationship is in. And I still think that's one, one of the best ways to look at spending time with God is just be taken by, but you made a great point that has to be emphasized. I think repeatedly, it takes effort, the mm -hmm. individual effort, free will to say, I'm putting things aside and I'm focusing on this. I'm setting, if, if I don't shut the TV off, if I've got ESPN on and I'm rocking my grandbaby to sleep, you know, my little, you know, three month old grandbaby. Oh, look, you know, and I'm looking at the t screen because I want to know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Packers this year or not. I mean, which, you know, father is <laughs> oh, a question. Thanks for caring, Doug. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we are, we are concerned whether or not Rodgers is going to be. Nice. Uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, you are a part owner of the Packers. We know. I am. Yes, we have I am. to bring I that too. up. Are you really? Nice. Nice. Oh, look at that. You know, all right. I feel like going to a stockholders meeting. Stockholders <laughs> meeting. <laughs> but you, but you got to shut ESPN off if you're really going to be able to focus on that grand, that grandchild that you're rocking in your yeah. arms, or that child in your arms, or that that spouse sitting there next to you. I, I just think it's a great example or analogy of that. Um, yeah. And Doug, to kind of piggyback off that, um, I think this lent to. Um, going back to the Martha Mary story, I feel like sometimes when I put myself in Martha's shoes, I would be thinking, I have God in my house. Like I have to feed him something good. You know, like I got nervous just having a priest over for dinner thinking like, well, I have to make something really good. Like I can't imagine if that was God in my house. Right. So I think, you know, she's probably thinking like, oh, the house has to be clean and I have to do this and this and this. And I think right. sometimes we approach Lent that way too. And thinking like, mm. oh, like on Fridays, I can't have meat. Like I need to do, you know, I, oh, I gave up chocolate. I can't have chocolate today. And we're worried about like checking the boxes like Martha was instead of focusing on using that time to get close to Jesus. And so I think, you know, because we were told that that's the most important thing, I think this Lent, that's what, you know, our focus should be and not saying the other things aren't good, but that getting close to him is the most important. And so I think that's what we should, you know, encourage each other, all 8,000 of us plus who are going to be doing this together, um, that that is the most important thing to be focused on. You know, uh, Carrie, as you were sharing about um, uh, how people face, you know, uh, challenges in their life, and this isn't about just negating all those challenges. You're going to have them. But I was thinking back to um, when you and I were putting the book together, and we, we, we were on the uh, Peter walking on water story. Remember that? Yes. And we were, we were trying to fine-tune that baby, and you played a big, big part in that. <laughs> But just how to say that just right, because it's so true. You know, Peter gets out of the boat, uh, Christ beckons him, and he's walking on water. But the storm is still going on all around him, right? But, but he's got laser focus on Jesus, and he's walking above the water. But then what happens? And, and I, I, I do think, if I recall correctly, that this is where you came in big time uh, through this whole thing. But the devil got in his ear, didn't he? And focus on the storm, right? Mm. Focus on right. the storm instead of Jesus. And, um, and then he began to sink. 
And there's a classic picture of Jesus reaching down and trying to pull Peter out of the water. But, but that's what, to me, that's probably one of the greatest images to sum up what we're doing here. What everybody, the, what are we up to 7,000 people right now? What we're 8,000, I think that are doing this together. You know, we want to get that laser focus, not to get rid of the storms, but to be able to walk above the, above the water. Do you remember that though, Carrie, when we were, because I think we spent a lot of time on that story, didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. I think we wanted to get the wording just right on it because yeah. it's so important. And I think, you know, with the world the way that it is and the type, you know, the stuff that Doug was just talking about, it's easy to focus on the storm and what's going on right. around us. And everything is trying to pull us that way, you know. And to be anxious and upset about many things, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so... I think, you know, recalling that story and realizing that if we keep our eyes on Jesus, then we won't sink. Well, and, I, and I think it's, it's incredibly important to remember that when this scene is happening, um, Jesus doesn't take the storm away. Right. Yeah, it's still going on. And in when in Peter, I love the whole scene. I love when you know they're in the boat and hey, someone on the watch, Jesus, you know. And uh -huh. Peter says, you know, if that's you, Lord, call me to come to you. So first he knows he's got to call on on Jesus. But I can only imagine the other guys in the boat just thinking, oh, Peter, come on, man, talk about getting out of hand. Well, you are off the rails, pal. <laughs> I mean, really, out of the boat? Are you serious? Then Jesus says, come to me, Peter. He gets out. Someone had to turn to someone else and say, I was going to do that. I was going to. I was going <laughs> to. I was going right. to call that out too, you know, it was, I would, but he's walking and then he starts to sink and immediately he does what we all should do when we start to sink. He calls out, Lord, save me. And immediately our Lord is there. But then the words of Jesus, which I find so just baffling and, and incredible. He doesn't say, and we do this to each other. We say things like, hey, good start, way to go. We can build on that. And Jesus doesn't do that. He says, why did you doubt? Oh, you have little faith. Yeah, right. This is, this is a tough God who, I mean, merciful, compassionate, yeah. tender, but still demanding. Yep. Saying, look, look, I can give this to you if you cooperate with my grace. So let's get going with this, pal. You know, and I just love that moment. Meanwhile, the storm's still raging around. There's at least there's nothing in the in the scripture that says, and the storm then calmed down, and Peter realized, oh, I guess it wasn't that big a deal. But I just love that whole the whole you know interaction there. And I'm glad that you you made a big deal out of that in this book. Um, you know, Father, we're talking about you know the diabolical, we're inviting the diabolical. This I know you you took this whole from Liber Christo. Mm -hmm. uh, as, as your base for this. And, you know, Father Chad Ripperger, again, for people who don't know, uh, the exorcist, Father Chad Ripperger, he, he told us in the podcast about a month ago, uh, I'll put the link in the description if anybody wants to go out and watch that episode. Uh, he, he does not review books very often because he's just so busy. He was all over this one. He really liked what you were doing here. Um, but the idea that, that weakness invites diabolical, you get a lot of that, I know, from that whole idea of what uh, Ronald Reagan said. Um, you know, the weakness we maintain the aggression. peace through our strength. Yes. Weakness only invites aggression. Yeah. I, and I love that. And it's so accurate. So true. But not for, only is it true, but look around right now with the whole Ukraine situation. Yeah. I'm watching, you know, their news reports and it's like every other commentary is commentator is saying we need to be strong because 
that's what brings peace. They're, they're saying peace through strength, peace through strength all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as we're starting this, uh, this 90 days together that where the title of the whole thing is called peace through strength prayer journal. So I don't know. I, I, it's, pretty amazing but well, father, how true could, it is the, you, the, father, that, break it down a little bit father and and Kara, i'd love your comment on this from your perspective as mother wife um and editor here but father let me start with you what what happens when we're weak how does being weak invite the diabolical from a priest's perspective and yeah then, and then carrie from your perspective as mother wife as you've worked on the book this concept that if we're not strong we're vulnerable, but Father first. How how did how do you see weakness? Yeah, in so diabolical? and and again, I've been discerning because I I was really uh, not happy about the last two years, especially. But I've been, I've not been happy about what the culture has been trying to do, especially since um, you know they they said that marriage can be anything you want it to be. But so that's about what seven years ago. Anyway, so it's 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 just coming in one after another, and you know where I'm at is that. Um, when you have, uh, a devotion, but I mean, a love devotion, and that's what, the, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, what happens is, is that you, 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 you get into a place where the, the devil can't get at you. Okay. The storm might be raging around you, but he can't touch you, uh, because you're nearer to God in that place. And again, I, I think we've been missing that. I, I, I think we've um, we've allowed ourselves to be comfortable with um, a, a religion rather than a relationship. And so here, I, I think we're suffering because of that. And I, I, I just feel like if, if you're going to talk about strong strength, you got to talk about the strength of your love. Mm-hmm. Not the strength of the amount of devotions I'm doing and how many sacramentals I have around my neck or whatever. Although a lot of people will do those because they're so in love with God. Mm-hmm. So, but but if it's that and only that, without without uh, without truly loving God and and wanting to wanting to please Him, it it it, it gets to to you know the ninety days amazingly is going up to the feast of visitation. I've said this before. One of my favorite pre uh, feasts. But especially this year, because it highlights something that they fell head over heels in love with the Lord. Well, how is the mother of God? John the Baptist sleeps in the womb. My soul proclaims the goodness of my uh, Mary says. I mean, they're just beside themselves. But see, they've, they've received the beautiful gift of awe and wonder. And now that opens up everything. It's the first gift that leads to all the, the other six gifts of the Holy Spirit. But that's what we're talking about here. That's what Mary was at the feet of Jesus, of Martha and Mary. She was just in awe and wonder. And that changes everything. See, I think for a lot of people, they don't want to go here. They don't want to get out of the kitchen and get nearer to the Lord. Because, uh, you know, I got my schedule. I got my life. I got my comfort zone. I got, you know, my routine. I got, I, I got and, and this might call me out of all that. It might make it difficult and challenging. And so, no, uh, I'm, I'm good out here with Martha in the kitchen. Thank you very much. Um, but but what, what we're doing then is we're making a choice. See, God leaves it to our free will. Otherwise, he, he makes robots, okay? And so love requires a choice. And so are we going to choose him or not? And so even choosing to be 
a, a close distance from the kitchen to the living room. That's a choice. But what, what you're choosing there is to be out of that divine presence, mm-hmm. out of that divine life, uh, and, and over there where you're managing God instead of him managing you. And that's, that's not a safe space. That's yeah, I think a it's place hard for- where you're vulnerable. Yeah, uh, I think it's hard for- When you're making the choice to not get close in tight to God, he says, okay, you can make that choice. I wish you didn't because I love yeah. you so much, but you're making that choice to be over here. And I think and, it's hard and, for people to understand when you say that, Father, that yeah. by making that choice to be over here, you you expose yourself to the attacks of a exactly. of a demonic bully who exactly. is always looking for every chance. And if you exactly. move away from the strength of the strength exactly. of God, you you are always yeah. just going to be vulnerable. We're weaker. So right. weakness invites aggression. Yeah, because okay. the bully's looking for the. Here's weakness. where we're strong. Okay, we maintain the peace through this strength weakness only invites aggression now i'm only right here but it's still a place of vulnerability mm-hmm. you know there's plenty of people who are oh no they're you know they're atheists or they don't you know. and look i'm not like them because see i'm here you know no you're still vulnerable there mm. right. that's what we're saying carrie what, what what's your take on this as a as a mother wife and as you've kind of thrown yourself into this and, and watch this thing evolve and, and help shape it about being weak about being how weakness does invite uh, attacks from the enemy and you know your personal life i mean yeah yeah well i think as a mother you know i obviously think of my kids and when you think of you know just the faith and trying to raise kids in the faith wherever they are weak and where they don't really you know necessarily understand what the church teaches and why you know those are weak areas where mm-hmm. the devil can attack and i think that um you know just Thinking of any situation where you're trying to protect somebody from something, if there's, you know, a weakness in that area, that just makes it easier for the enemy to get in. You know, I think of my farm animals (laughs) because I live out in the country now. You know, it's like if there's an opening in the fence that's there to protect them, that's where the predator is going to get in. Mm. So it just, you know, it makes it makes sense that wherever there's a weak spot, you know, the enemy is going to, is going to attack there. So, and, and you know what your, your kids are watching Carrie, because as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of my parents Yeah, and they had seven kids and you're doing the same thing. You're, you're very tight in with the parish. They know you, you're helping in whatever way you can. And all your kids are looking at that and go, okay, I guess this is a big deal hmm. yeah. versus you know, jam them in the car, you know, punch the clock at the holy water font, you know, get our obligation in and race back to the car and go on with our worldly lives. No wonder a lot of kids are raised, you know, to, to go, what's, what's the point of all this? My, my mom and dad, it, it was evident that they were in love with God because they were eager to find the next thing they could possibly do to please God and to be a part of building the kingdom of God. And we all watched that as kids. And so I'm in a very odd family for, for 2022. Yeah. Where yeah. all seven, now six, my brother passed away. All of us go to church every weekend, at, at least that. And many of them are very active in the parish, parish council. My sister's a, a Catholic school principal. Of course, I'm a priest. But, uh, but be, not because we punch the clock on Sunday morning. Not because we punch the clock on Sunday morning. But because... We punch the clock 
But then we fell in love and the kids watch, us kids watch my mom's and my dad's evident love by their eagerness to want to please the one they loved. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And you can see that, you know, in marriages too, uh, if a husband and wife are going through their day looking for ways to please, what well, can I get you something, you know? Um, you know, you get done with, with dinner. There's a, there's a, there's an empty plate there. You know, can I pick that up for you? I mean, the little, the little acts of service along the way in a day-to-day right. life and marriage, right. uh, just shows the other one that I'm constantly thinking yep. about you. The and sometimes that's, and sometimes that's greater than, okay. I I've heard women say to me, yeah, my husband, every Valentine's day, St. Valentine's day or for my anniversary goes and gets me roses, chocolate, a gift, whatever. But the other 360, whatever days of the year, other than birthday and anniversary and Valentine's Day, other 362 days, whatever. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to get him to pay attention to me or talk to me, you know, or let me know what he's doing or, you know, what's on his mind, you know. And, and you know, there's a lot of people out there, men and women alike, they would trade the flowers and the special gifts in for the day-to-day, you know, thought, the, just the consideration of the day-to-day. You know, I recommend anybody out there, you know, in your marriage, pray, pray with your spouse every day as much as possible, but also pray and men, especially since we're spiritual head of the home, pray out loud that your marriage grows deeper in love, tenderness, compassion, forgiveness, mercy, patience, affection, um, kindness, thoughtfulness, pray for the virtues to grow, pray it out loud. That's a way of making it strong and letting the enemy know Look, and I like what you just said, Carrie. I think it's a great visual for people. You live on a farm, you got a chicken coop or you got, you know, cattle or whatever, and you've got to keep predators from getting in. You fence the areas out where you don't want bad things getting in. Uh, you know, you, you fence it. You, you, you put a barrier up of some sort so that you can protect that which is important on the other side of that there. I think that's a, that's a great visual. Anybody can, can relate to that. Yeah. And predators want, you know, an easy kill. <laughs> they're not oh, yeah. going to, they're not going to, you know, spend three hours probably trying to get into the chicken coop unless they're starving to death. Like right. they're going to move yeah. on to go to something else. And so right. I think that that's a great analogy for yeah. you know people as well. Yeah. Well, listen, I think our time is up. I, Carrie, thank you so much for everything. And um, this, this journal, which I think is amazing is mostly amazing because Carrie's, um, well, your heart, you got talent, but you got a great heart. And uh, you'll see those who read this will, will see it come out because I, I did like my, my baseline stuff, but she jazzed mm -hmm. it up for me. Thank you. So, but yeah. So uh, here we are day one um, mm. of 90 days to peace. And let's just ask God to uh, rain down his Holy spirit on everyone and help us all fall in love with God. And Father, Father, before you, yeah. before, before you go to, I'm going to encourage the audience out there. Number one, start sending your questions to me and Father. We are going to answer questions a little bit starting next episode at the All end right. of each episode. And you can send them to, just send them to me at my U.S. Grace Force email, which is on the screen here, doug.usgf at gmail.com, doug.usgf at gmail.com. Nice. Um, but also your comments about this prayer journal, I think would be very helpful for other people. So send us your comments. We'd like to make sure that we're sharing this with others. So many, many other people by the grace of God can benefit from what this peace through strength prayer journal can bring. Cause there's a lot of people out there with spiritual struggles, oppression, 
uh, serious issues or just struggling with needing to understand what it means to get strong so that we don't invite the diabolical into our life. Yep. But please send us your comments. And again, send them to doug.usgf at gmail.com and we will get them out and share them with other people. All right. Thanks, Carrie. Let's close with a prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, guys.